I'm the best in the world at what I do. I've been the best since day one. On this microphone, in the booth, in my bed, I live it. I breathe it. I am it. Welcome to the Soldier. Tired of losing, but more tired of being worried. Don't know if it's my age, why my fucking vision blurry. I'm always stressed, even times of tranquility. If it ain't society, then I blame the enemy. Mike stepped on, ooh, the matter, same energy. No matter how small the transgressions, same penalty. All hell, the business is one for the last ride. Over decade plus, full of fucking lies. Ultimate rhymes of my lifetime is already home, but face the fiction, fragile mind. I probably be better off being silent as a mind. Time born thick, half burned with, considered a blessing that I made 46, despite all the pain, all the losses and shit. A lot of people gonna feel alienated when this shit drop. Jay Furman, Donnie O, Eldest EP, coming this fall. Retail inner chart movement. Although no one knows the exact cause of the new album, resources tell me a number of less fortunate rappers have joined together in conspiracy to assassinate the character of not only Mr. Shakur, but of Death Row Records as well. Nas, the alleged ringleader of the furious and Tupac, excuse me, Machiavelli's verbal assault on Mob Sleep, Victorious PIG, and several other New York rappers. Jay Z, from Hawaiian Soapy fame, Big Little Whatever 
several other corny sounding motherfuckers are understandably shaken up by this release. The question everybody wants to know is why'd they get this nigga started? Tupac, rather Machiavelli, was not available for comment but released this statement. It's not about East or West. It's about niggas and bitches, power and money, riders and punks. Which side are you on? people welcome to another edition of the salty thoughts of donnie oo podcast featuring the one and only donnie oo best in the world at what he does today this week should have been a joyous occasion this week I should be in a much better mood. I should be in a great mood, to tell you the truth. But unfortunately, I am not. I'm very pissed off. I wouldn't even categorize it as an ornery move because I'm actually way past that. I've been sitting on stuff for a couple days and it seems like when I'm in a bad mood, things just get worse. So today, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. I will admit, for various fucking reasons. But, as much as I did not feel like recording this week, Matter of fact, as much as I did not feel like recording today for this week's episode, I'm going to be mature, put my personal angst to the side, and give you 
the masses what they want and what they richly deserve. So, I will give y'all the rundown of what I'm going to talk about this week. First, I will talk about my New York J-E-T-S Jets, 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 and the thrilling come from behind victory this past week in a location that has been known as a house of horrors for my beloved Gang Green, we came, we saw, we conquered, and we knocked out a struggling quarterback in the process. We'll talk about that. I will give my, I will give a couple cents, or should I say, I will sprinkle a couple of dashes of salt on the New York Football Giants and their victory at home against the putrid Chicago Bears. But in years past, that would have been a game that they would have lost. So kudos to the New York football giants for actually taking care of business. And now they stand at the record of three wins and one loss. I will talk about that. I will have a couple of thoughts on the latest controversy in the NFL, and that would be starting quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, Tua Tagovailoa. He was concussed last week in the Thursday night game against Cincinnati, and a whole bunch of fallout has come from that situation. And we saw the effects this past Sunday when at least double, dare I say triple the amount of players were withheld from the game until further neurological testing was done due to suspected head injuries. So I will talk about that and I will talk about other things of interest that happened this past week, week four in the National Football League. And last, but certainly not least, is my trusty segment, the segment I go through every week, and I let y'all know that Donnie does not know what the fuck he's doing. AKA, my fantasy slash gambling recap. But, not only will I talk about the gambling aspect, because I did not field a team for fantasy this week, but with the remaining time available in that segment, I will go against my own words on keeping this a football-only property for the regular season. And I will discuss, not at length, but I will discuss the disgusting situation that happened this past weekend in Atlanta concerning my New York Metropolitans in their big series against the Atlanta Braves in which they only they entered the series only needing one victory and they exited the series with zero victories. I will talk 
about that. That's what's on deck this week. Before I get this episode up and running, I would like to let everyone know, or I'd like to alert everyone, that there is a new video on my YouTube page. A new Salty Thoughts exclusive, YouTube exclusive, if you will, talking about my Metropolitans, but trust and believe on this mothership version, the flagship, if you will, I will talk about it more in depth and I will talk about it way less censored than I was on YouTube. But for those who are interested in seeing what I discussed, you could check out my YouTube page. Just put in the fucking search, Mike Steph or Saucy Daughter Donnie Ooh, and it'll pop up. Because my bad, I've been giving y'all erroneous information ever since I started uploading videos to my YouTube page because far be it for me to realize that I don't have enough fucking subscribers to actually have a custom URL. So it is not youtube.com slash Mike Steph. It's youtube.com slash whatever numbers and letters they put under my fucking URL. So the easiest way to find me, go into the search engine, put Salty Door to Donnie O, Put Mike Steph, and eventually, if you scroll down more, if you scroll down enough, my page will pop up. Also, why I have you here, and I will reiterate it at the end of this episode, this week definitely is the premiere of Hidden Gems Football. Hidden Gems Football which is going to be a YouTube show. But it will not be on the aforementioned former page of Mike Steph. No, 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 no. If you go to the YouTube page of the 19 Media Group, you will be able to find the inaugural edition of Foot of Hip. My fuck. This dude got so many damn hidden gems. I'm getting confused. Hidden gems football which will star my bro the Mojo King and yours truly Donnie O. it will drop this Thursday hopefully the beginning of Thursday but just check out the YouTube page of the 19 media group on Thursday and sometime during that day that video will drop. Please subscribe. Please drop a line and let everybody know that you're checking us out. And I'll talk about that more at the end of this episode. So I think I got everything out the way that needs to be said. So let's get this shit on the road. Ha! Huh? Without further ado. Good night. Mwah! And goodbye. Bang! This past Sunday, my New York J-E-T-S Jets, Jets, Jets went into Pittsburgh 
the aforementioned House of Horrors for the Jet franchise. I believe we've only won once there in our franchise history. And I think our last win, coincidentally, was the last year we was in the postseason. And that was over 12 years ago. We just haven't had any type of success in the former, the formerly named Heinz Field. I don't even know the name of that stadium now. Doesn't matter. We went in there, one and two, licking our wounds. Fresh off a loss against the Cincinnati Bengals, which was an eminently winnable game. But we also entered this game with the return of our second year franchise quarterback, Zach Wilson. And this game was a roller coaster of emotions. The first half, the first half of the game, we totally and thoroughly dominated. But toward the end of the second quarter, we were driving for a potential touchdown, and at least worst case, worst case scenario, we was going to get a field goal. Zach Wilson, his young tendencies reared his ugly head, and he threw an interception inside the 10-yard line that stopped our drive, but also allowed Pittsburgh to drive the field and kick a field goal at the end of the half. And so instead of it going up, instead of us, instead of the Jets going up 13-3, we were only up 10-6. And I looked at that game. I mean, I looked at that play. I looked at that series of plays. And I said to myself, this does not look good. That is going to come back and bite us in the ass. And it did. Temporarily. Coming out the third quarter, Pittsburgh decided to bench their starting quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. And he was the only reason at that time I was like, you know what? It's 10-6. But Mitch Trubisky sucks. So we're going to have ample opportunity to get back in this game. So when they made the switch at halftime, even some of the commentators was like, whoa, kind of early to give Mitch the hook, huh? You know, you're putting, you're putting the rookie into the game. You know, once you make that switch, nine times out of ten, you don't go back. And one of the commentators was like, well, I think this is more of a case of Tomlin looking at an eminently winnable game against the New York Jets and said, hell no, I ain't losing against the fucking Jets. So maybe the rookie will be able to steal a win. And the rookie came out and he gave them a quick spark. He used his legs. It's almost like our defense forgot all the discipline that they displayed in the first half. All of a sudden, the outside containment was null and void. You allow Pickett to run for, I believe, if not one, but two rushing touchdowns. And it gave them a 20 to 10 lead going into the fourth quarter. Our offensive line, depleted coming in, got another casualty in Max Mitchell, the rookie right tackle. He left the game middle to late second quarter. With a knee injury, at first to believe, at first to be believed to be serious, 
But came to find out it wasn't as serious. It wasn't as serious as first believed. And they said they probably will be able to spare putting him on the IR. Or now that I'm looking at my trusty ass notes, they put him on the IR, but they have a great belief that he will not be finished for the season. So with that happening, they started uh, Varys Tucker at left tackle. He is our left guard. So, no matter of fact, I believe he's our right guard because our left guard is Tomlinson. So they switched him over to the left side, had him play the tackle, had Tomlinson be left left guard. You had a center. You had a whole bunch of no names in the lineup because we were down to literally our emergency tackle. I didn't even know V.S. Tucker play can play tackle. Never, never mind the fact, left tackle. So, defense, uh, Pittsburgh's defense was licking its chops. But the one thing that the Jets did that they did not get away from in previous games, they did not get they did not get away from their running game. Brees Hall carried the load. I believe he had 17 carries for 66 yards. It was very modest, but it kept the offense on schedule. And going into that fourth quarter, Zach Wilson, going into that fourth quarter, was 8 for 24, 124 yards. Do you know what happened in that fourth quarter? I'll tell you. Zach Wilson in that fourth quarter was 10 for 12, 126 yards. And the touchdown to Corey Davis. Corey Davis, who, who was fucking invisible for three quarters of the game, came alive in the fourth quarter and caught a clutch touchdown on fourth down. He had four of his five catches in the fourth quarter. And it came down once again to the ending seconds of the game in which Brees Hall ran the ball in from the two-yard line. And there was need for a replay because once his once the ball crossed the plane of the goal line, it was knocked out of his hands by Mika Fitzpatrick. I will get to in a very minute. And they had to review it to make sure it was a touchdown. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, if these motherfuckers take the touchdown away, it's a conspiracy. I woke my son up. He was in his mid-afternoon slumber. And when he woke up and he saw the score and he looked at me, he's like, Dad, they won. Why are you so upset? I'm like, you don't understand. And when he saw the replays, he was like, ah, they were down. Yes. Come from behind victory. 24 to 20. After the game, Minka Fitzpatrick, safety of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 
was pissed off and said, we know we're a better team than them. We let this game go away. There's no way in hell we should have lost to the Jets. Well, guess what? You lost to the fucking Jets at home. If you was a better team than the New York Jets, then you wouldn't have coughed up a 10-point lead at home. And you know whose responsibility it was to keep that 10-point lead nice and safe? It was the defense. And what position do you play, Mr. Fitzpatrick? Yeah, that's safety. What position is safety on a football team? The defense! So all this shit about, oh, we shouldn't have lost to the Jets. We're a better team than the Jets. Well, y'all had 15 minutes to prove that y'all were the better team with a 10-point lead at home. And guess what the fuck y'all did? Y'all coughed it up. We had four interceptions on the day. So much so that the New York Jets social media team came out with a video of all four interceptions and a little rap saying that they stole from the Steelers. I think it was a little bit too much. It's not like we're 4-0. We're only 2-2. Two two. But I understand the reason for enthusiasm. I understand the reason to start grandstanding, even though it's way too early. But we finally got out of our out-of-division schedule at the very beginning of the schedule, at the very beginning of the season. We led off the season with four straight games against the AFC North, and we come out of those four games at the record of two and two. If memory serves me correct, this is the first time we've been 500 in a couple of years. Matter of fact, I can go back, and I know this is this is really fucking splitting the hairs, but I can go back. The last time we was 500 was 2018. Do you know what 2018 was? 2018 was the last year of head coach Todd Bowles, and it was the first year of our former quarterback, our former potential franchise quarterback, Sam Darnold. We won that inaugural Monday night against the Detroit Lions. And we was 1-0. And matter of fact, I think that's the last time we was above 500. Yeah, small victories, small victories, small victories. So now we go, we come back home to go against the Miami Dolphins, who are starting their backup quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, due to Tua Takavaloa. Remaining in concussion protocol and dealing with head and neck injuries. I will talk about the Tua situation later on when I go around the NFL. But they have Teddy Bridgewater, very competent, very competent quarterback. Tell you the truth, I think 2018 might have ended up way different if we would have kept Teddy Bridgewater longer instead of just handing the reins over to... Sam Donald, but hindsight being 2020, being a fact, if we would have did that, then we probably wouldn't have been in a position to have our potential franchise quarterback in Zach Wilson. Now, I'm feeling myself a little bit, especially being the fact that my Metropolitans let me down so much 
So much so that I'm going to go against my against my own words and actually talk about them on the mothership, the flant, the frack, the mothership, the flagship, the franchise of Salty Thoughts. I'll talk about that later. But um, I feel good about this game. Why? I have no idea. Tell you the truth, it just scared me to hell because you actually have a seasoned vet behind under center with all that speed, all those weapons at his disposal. But it's at home. And normally that would be cause for celebration, but it's cause for concern because even though we are two and two, we are two and oh on the road and oh and two at home. The speed does scare me, but I do have faith in our cornerbacks, DJ Reed and Sauce Gardner, to at least be able to hold up in coverage. It's really going to come down to our front four, and can we get consistent pressure on the quarterback without blitzing? Because we are not a blitzing team. Every time we've decided to blitz, it has come back to bite us in the ass. So if we get consistent pressure with our front four, I believe our secondary should be strong enough to hold up and keep it competitive. I have no idea what the line is. And for real, I think I am going to abstain this weekend. I will get into later. Because I just can't win for losing. But I will go with my heart here. And I believe the New York Jets will pull the upset at home against the Miami Dolphins. I believe the New York Jets will be victorious. And they will win by the score of 24-21. Now, there are a couple issues that I want to discuss or actually I want to tell y'all that I have on my notes that are causing for concern. Penalties are still an issue. And to me, coaching is still a problem, especially on defense, because the talent is there. Every time I watch them on defense, especially of a blown coverage in the secondary or letting a quarterback get out the pocket and gain plus yardage, to me, that's coming down to coaching. That's coming down to discipline. That's coming down to coaching scheme. And I believe if we still had the same talent as we had last year, we would not have won that game. We would probably be 0-4. I believe our two wins are strictly, strictly because of the talent that we have on this team and not so much the coaching. Quentin Williams is a beast. He controlled the line of scrimmage and put pressure on the quarterback all day long, and we need him to continue doing so. Also, if the defense can get four turnovers like they did last week, That'll put us in an optimal position to succeed. So, yeah, the Jets, I was looking at the schedule, and I think I, I don't know if I said it last year, I mean, last week on the episode or not, because to tell you the truth, my memory is like Dory the Fish on Finding Nemo. 
I will say something and then two minutes later, I'll be like, what did I say? So I have no idea what I said last week, but I know I was looking at the schedule leading up to this game and I'm like, whoa, if we don't win this game, one in six, one in seven is staring us dead in the face. Two and two, the outlook is a little bit more bright. Denver is not as good as I thought they were. Green Bay is not as good as everybody believes they are. So the only games that I was looking in the upcoming schedule was the Miami game and, of course, the Buffalo game because Buffalo is a fucking problem. I would consider losing by less than 10 points a win if we're able to do that against Buffalo. But, yeah, so Jets win. Jets win. J-E-T-S. Jets. 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 Well, let's go around the NFL. But I'm going to make it very, very short. Unfortunately, due to time restraints, because I have to carve out some time to address... One individual, one resident of Glendale, Arizona, and I ain't talking about the fucking Cardinals, but we'll get to that later. Right now, or going around the NFL, we're going to talk about the New York Giants and their victory over the Chicago Bears this past Sunday. The reason, normally I give the Giants their own segment. Because, especially if they're doing good, I feel like they deserve their own segment. Unfortunately, the game that happened this past Sunday was not worthy of their own segment. The only reason I would have gave them their own segment is if they would have found a way to cough that game up. They won 20-12, but the news coming out of that game was that the Giants have casualties and they have casualties in their most important position. The quarterback position. Daniel Jones is listed day to day dealing with the ankle sprain. And to my surprise, because I really wasn't watching the game, Tyrod Taylor is actually in concussion protocol. And I'm like, when I, when I read, you know, doing my due diligence to get ready for this recording, I'm like, hold on. How the fuck is Tyrod Taylor in concussion protocol and that motherfucker don't play? And I looked at the box score and I'm like, oh, he must have came in for a couple series for or a couple plays when Daniel Jones injured his ankle. And once he got down, like once he got knocked out with the concussion, I guess they were like, well, Daniel, can you move around? Can you walk? Because we need you. And Daniel Jones answered the bell. Scoring two rushing touchdowns. And just to show how trash Chicago defense is, he was carving them up on the same fucking play that they ran over and over again. It was like a naked bootleg. And on one of the one of the reviews, you know, one of one of the replays, they show the whole Chicago defense, the whole front seven, bite on the play action because everybody knows 
the only weapon that the Giants have is Saquon Bar Barkley. So they bit on the play action. Linebackers lost outside containment. There's that terminology again. And allowed Daniel Jones to run for not one, but two touchdowns. And I believe he had about 80 yards total in rushing. Do you know Daniel Jones was only like 8 for 14 for 71 yards? That's it. And they won. I don't believe he's thrown more than 20 passes in the game since the beginning of the season. Ironically, they are 3-1. and one. But this coming week, they take a trip. They take a trek over the Atlantic to jolly old England to face the Green Bay Packers. But the only problem is they're about to face the Green Bay Packers Possibly starting their third string, who they had to bring up, call up, from the practice squad in Davis Webb. It's so drastic for the Giants. They were trying to go on the scrap heap, and they actually worked out Jake Fromm. Like, I'm sorry, all you got to do is look at tape from last year, and you can realize Jake Fromm ain't shit. But that's how desperate the Giants are. Now, my quick uh, prediction... If Daniel Jones was fully healthy, I would possibly pick the Giants for the upset. They're not going to Lambeau Field. A lot of the games that they play overseas, due to the jet lag, due to the different environment, a lot of those games end up being close and a lot of those games end up being sloppy. Green Bay, in their four games, at least two of those games, Last Sunday, at home, they allowed the New England Patriots with their third-string quarterback to take them into overtime, and they won 27-24. The week before that, they allowed Tampa Bay missing their top three wide receivers for it to come down to pretty much the end of the game, and they were a failed two-point conversion by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers from going into overtime in that game. So, the lack of Giants weapons, the lack of Giants scoring, tell you the truth, wouldn't be a factor if Daniel Jones was healthy. But he is not. And being the fact he is not, and he's not going to be a threat if he is playing with his legs, they can fully key in on Saquon Barkley. Oh, yeah. By the way, Kenny Galladay, you know, remember that receiver? Yeah, he went down with a knee injury also. So, it already, they're already nondescript. Rod Receiver core has taken another shot. So, they've, they've lost still the Shepard for the year with a torn ACL, MCL, LCL. And they lost, at least for the foreseeable future, Kenny Galladay. So, but regardless, I'm looking at if you're like, well, if you're like me and you want to, and you have some disposable coin that you want to throw in the game, Green Bay favored by eight and a half, nine and a half points. I think that should be a gimme because I don't think Green Bay can't blow anyone out. Even the game that they had with the Chicago Bears on Sunday Night Football, the second week of the season. It wasn't close, but it really wasn't that much of a blowout. I think they scored a late score to make it 
well, uh, the margin wider than it really was. So, other tidbits. Do the Los Angeles Rams only have one wide right receiver? I mean, question. It's a, it's a good question. Cooper Cup is a great receiver, but Cooper Cup is, should not be the end all and be all. And a lot of the discussions that I've seen on the talk shows were trying to say who gets the blame. Some people would say Stafford. Then you have social media, the social media aspect, where of course jokes are going to be said. And you know, the ongoing joke is Matthew Stafford, white guy. Cooper Cup, white guy. Tyler Higby, white guy. So maybe Matthew Stafford is racist and only going to throw it to the white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ha ha, he he. Yeah, it actually has no credence to it. The blame goes to Sean McVay. If you're supposed to be this offensive genius that everybody's proclaimed you to be over the last X amount of years since you took it, taken over the head coaching reins of the Rams, just maybe, just maybe, you actually do need to create a game plan to get your other weapons involved. You pay you pay all this money for Allen Robinson. Here's a stat: Allen Robinson is only caught nine passes for the entire season, four games in. Do you know this past game, this past Monday night against the 49ers in which they lost? Cooper Cup was targeted 20 times. He had 14 catches, but he was targeted 20 times in one game. Allen Robinson has nine catches for the whole season. And mind you, Allen Robinson is their number two wide receiver. Cam Akers, invisible. I don't know. Probably the reason why LA is two and two. But the main event of this segment, I need to talk about concussion protocol, concussions in the NFL, and how over the last or the, over the first four four games of the season, it has become a front and center issue. Primarily due to the fact that two weeks ago, Tua Tagovailoa, the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, had a suspected eye test only, suspected concussion. He was allowed to stay in the game. He actually, after getting slammed, slamming his head on the turf, he got up and his body, bob, his body rob, wobbled and collapsed. And immediately after the game, they said, oh, no, that was his back. It was a problem with his back and his legs. But then four days later, when they had Thursday night matchup with the Bengals, he got his head smacked off the turf again. And this time he went into a seizure pose. And they had to cart him off the field. And then after the game, Mike McDaniel, rookie head coach of the Dolphins, said, well, you know, worst case scenario, well, best case scenario, he only has a concussion. He caught a lot of flack for that statement. He caught a lot of flack for allowing Tua to stay in the game, the previous game against Buffalo. And news came out 
shortly after that Thursday night game that immediately preceding or in the lead up to that Thursday night game, Tua was evaluated for concussion. For concussion. Even though they said the official cause was back and leg problem. Now, I'm going to go down a, path, a different path than a lot of other people have gone. I'm going to give you personal experience on concussions. Donnie Ooh is very susceptible to concussions. Years ago, and I'm going to try to make this short. Years ago, me and the missus, the sponsor of the podcast, Mrs. Ooh, um, we ventured out to the Lower East Side to a little, little lounge. In this particular lounge, they were playing some old school rap. And with the clientele of the, of the lounge, I looked around. I'm like, they really playing fucking nice and smooth. Get the fuck out of here. So I was in my seat. I had a couple drinks. I was feeling nice. And I jumped up out my seat, literally, not knowing that I had a low-lying speaker directly above my head. So when I jumped out my seat, I hit my head on the speaker. And I tried to play it off doing a wop. While holding my head. And then when I removed my hand from my head. The gasp of horror. That I let out. When I saw my hand was full of blood. Now a little known fact about yours truly. I do not like the sight of my own blood. I cannot see the sight of my own blood. So when I saw that. And I went in the bathroom. And I had a baldy at the time. My friend was putting my head over the sink to try to see how big the cut was, I saw all the blood in the sink and I passed out. They ran to my wife. My wife ran, told the security, and they called the EMS and the EMS, well, they removed me from the club into the EMS ambulance, went to the hospital, Beth Israel to be exact. And because I had crappy slash no insurance, they gave me the finger test Right, left, up, down. Okay, you're 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 okay to go. I woke up the next morning with my equilibrium severely hampered. I went to work that day. Severely hampered and walking sideways because my equilibrium was that off. I got home, my wife met me at the train station, took me to the another emergency room, the, the old St. Mary's Hospital in Brooklyn. They gave me a CAT scan and they saw that I had a concussion. And from that point on, anytime I ding my head, no matter how slight, I'm susceptible to concussions. I had what they call post-concussion syndrome. Uh, sometimes when I pump my head, I get a little nauseous. I get a little dizzy. I still go through it to this day. My son, one of my sons, Chef Mix, who you've heard in past episodes. In high school, he was a scholar athlete. He played football and he was on the wrestling team. In hindsight, I look back and I noticed a shift in his moods. And probably midway through junior year. Like he was very he was very volatile at times. So a lot of times I would just chalk it up to well you know teenage angst but now looking back at it i'm like eh. you know playing football and getting hit in your head 
your head getting hit either by the turf or by an opposing player. Wrestling, you're getting slammed on the ground repeatedly. There was a couple of times, there was two times, once in football and once in, and once in wrestling, I, I, I got called to come pick him up to take him to the hospital to get tested for a concussion. Concussions are nothing to play with. And I still feel, no matter if it was diagnosed as a concussion that Sunday, he should not have been allowed to play that Thursday. Even if you had an inkling that he might have sustained a head injury. I mean, all my wrestling fans out there know the, the, the great career of Bret the Hitman Hart his career came to an end with multiple concussions in a short amount of time. He he uh which called suffered a concussion during his match against Goldberg in Starcade 99. Uh the next day on Monday night Monday night Nitro, he had a hardcore hardcore match. He bumped his head again and then I believe 2 days later when they were doing a taping of Thunder he had a hardcore match against Terry Funk in which he also bumped his head, uh, took a couple of chair shots to his head, and effectively, his career was over. He was never able to return again. And a lot of people believe that the stroke that he, he suffered a couple of years into his retirement, there was a direct correlation to the concussions that he suffered that ended his career. Concussions are not a game. Concussions are very serious. And for the league and the Miami Dolphins to be so to have such a flippant attitude about concussions, about the well-being of an individual, about the well-being of a human being, is very concerning. Very concerning. Um, we did see an uptick in the amount of players that were removed from play and forced into um, concussion protocol or concussion testing this past week. I think the percentage, it wasn't even double. It was more trip. It was more on the line of tripled since the beginning of the season, since week one. And that's because of all the fanfare that the Tua situation brought upon the league. Everybody knows the NFL don't give a fuck about you. They don't give a fuck about the fans. They don't give a fuck about their players. They don't really give a fuck about anything but the bottom line, the almighty green dollar. And hopefully Tua will be end up being all right. Hopefully the situation has brought a heightened awareness back to the dangers of concussions, to the dangers of not diagnosing and protecting the player from themselves. Hopefully. I guess we have 13 more weeks to see how serious the NFL is really going to take the concussion situation.
run New York. I run New York. I said the walls have ears for a nigga. They hear when you talk. Makes sense. UK. I run New York. I wake up. Scared of the ceiling. I'm alive. What a beautiful feeling. I put my best on. Right after I put on my drugs. It's a habit. I'm always prepared for war. You my life like some shit. You seen in the flick. Bitches act like porn stars when they sit on the dick. When I was getting out the game, I said one more flick. Test my aim in the range, I'm like one more flick. I'm the same, I'm the awesome shit. Man, I'm running the scope. Things trying to annoy me. Nothing but another disgruntled employee. Been in the game 10 years, but he still ain't shit. Even his mama upset that he still ain't shit. But he keep running the shit like I'm gonna take all that. One more word out of his mouth, I push down shit back. See the knife on my trade pound, his pants is long. None of them hot. He said he got, and he ain't did. None of the shit he said he did. <laughs> this week's edition, this week's segment of Donnie does not know what the fuck he's doing is very special. That's why I had to lead off with some intro music. I will not be talking about my fantasy team because I did not make up a lineup. I will not be talking about the money that I lost last week because at the at this point in time, ain't none of that's fucking news. New. But what I will be talking about is my New York Metropolitans going into Atlanta and promptly getting swept out of Atlanta. And as soon as I finish the little recap of the atrocity in Atlanta, then I will share some very special words for a very special someone. And he knows who the hell now that the football talk is out the way like I said early in this podcast like I've said since the beginning of the NFL regular season I was not talking about anything on the mothership besides football but something happened this past weekend and something happened in the in in the following days after that that was kind of forced my hand in discussing this on the mothership. My New York Metropolitans shit the bed this past weekend in Atlanta. We entered the series against the Braves only needing one victory to pretty much guarantee that we were going to win the NL East. One victory, just one, or that's all we needed. So of course, the Mets go down and they lose, not one, not two, but all three fucking games of the series. And each game got worse. 
Jacob DeGrom corps up the lead, back-to-back -back home runs, gets chased out the chased out the game before the seventh inning. We go to game two, Max Scherzer working with less important stuff, but we figure we're paying him all this fucking money. He's a veteran. He knows how to grind. He didn't get even get out of the sixth inning. Then in the series finale, we had Chris Bassett on the mound on eight days rest because they decided in the infinite wisdom to swap Chris Bassett and Jacob DeGrom to keep DeGrom eligible to pitch the last game of the season, which I think was a total, total misstep because my thing is, it's almost like you're conceding. Oh, just in case we need this game, we need to have our best pitcher. Instead of going for the juggler, going for the kill, and leaving your fucking pro rotation as is. And during my YouTube video, I think I was referring to the Braves pitcher that pitched this past Friday, Cy Young, um, Cy Young candidate Freed. I think I was referring to him as Jacob Freed. No, it's Max Freed. Duh. But that's how 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 engrossed how my mind was running. So I was so pissed off at the decision that was made. Now the decision would have been great if I went one in one eight pitches came to play. They didn't. It's almost like they had a scouting report on Jacob that he likes to pitch on the outside on the outside corner on the outside half of the plate and they were sitting on it. And then he tried to adjust mid game and start pitching inside, but he was wasn't pitching inside enough and they was able to turn on that shit also as i've said in the past if you're going to pitch it's if jacob Degrom is going to pitch inside and deviate from what's made him successful you pitch inside to give yourself more space on the outside half of the plate you brush them back you don't try to paint the corners on the inside because that's not what the fuck you've been doing all season. That's not what the fuck you've been doing all for the last couple years. Our free agent inactivity at the, at the deadline came back to bite us in the ass. Also, we got Darren Ruff. Ruff, Ruff. He was a fucking dog. So much so, they couldn't even trust him in the biggest series of the season and they had to call up the rookie Alvarez and put him in pressurized situations that he wasn't ready to handle he was swinging on all first pitches the Atlanta pitching staff was seasoned enough to use that use that aggressiveness to their advantage and to our disadvantage and he went down meekly. Another thing about our lineup that is being so conveniently forgotten, our lineup is missing a very important cog, and that's Mr. Sterling Marte. Whether I realize it or not, or whether the majority of the media realizes it or not, Sterling Marte was the straw that stirred, that stirred the drink. Sterling Marte was an integral cog in our lineup. Without in how in 
Without him in our lineup, our lineup was severely exposed. We only have one power back, and that's Pete Alonzo, who this is the first time he's going through this situation. He's going through this experience of pressurized pitches, pressurizing bats. Lindor, you could tell Lindor was pressing because he knew, okay, I got to have Polar Bears back. But by him pressing, he was overly aggressive. And he did not do what got us to the precipice of a divisional championship. Fucking Vogelback. Vogelbach, whatever the fuck his name is. Yeah, he reminds you of the dude from the Bad News Bears. Yeah, you know, Code Hero, because he's so out of fucking shape. Every time, every time late innings, he gets on base, you got to fucking use a player from the bench because this fat motherfucker can't get around the fucking bags. Naquin. Tyler, Taylor, Tyler, Tyler, Taylor, Naquin. This is when our lack of aggressiveness at the trading deadline came back to rear its ugly head. So now what? So now what? Since I said it in private, I will say it in public. Congratulations. And it hurts me to say it, but congratulations to the Atlanta Braves. Congratulations to the Atlanta Braves fan base. Y'all earned it. I can't say anything out of way, even as much as I would love to. I can't. And that's, I think that's the part that pisses me off even more is the fact that I have been effectively muted by the Atlanta Braves because they beat us at home three straight games with all the marbles on the line. I have nothing I can't do anything but Bravo. Bravo. Hopefully we're able to meet again in the playoffs and extract some type of revenge. But as of now, at this point in time, I have to be quiet as a fucking mouse. Even though, as usual, in my parking spot, I got people next to me and they done attracted pigeons. So I'm, I'm quite sure you you might be able to hear the pigeons in the background. But yeah. I, I, kudos, congratulations, y'all did the damn thing. Now our road ahead is very difficult. Something that once again, we had destiny in our own hands and we fumbled it away. So now we have to start this wild card series against the San Diego Padres this Friday. San Diego has been a thorn in our side the last couple of seasons. San Diego has been a thorn outside this season. San Diego has Juan Soto. Yeah, that same Juan Soto that I thought that the Mets were going to 
be able to get. San Diego also has you Darvish. You know who you you Darvish is? You Darvish is our kryptonite. We haven't been able to hit him for years. Going back to the days that he was in La La Land. It's kind of hard to describe it because we haven't really been relevant the last couple years. But regardless, we still haven't been able to hit the motherfucker. Now, if we get through that series, then we will probably be able to have our rematch against Atlanta. And at this point in time, no, actually, no. If we win that series, my bad. We have to go to L.A. and face the Dodgers, the best team in baseball. I believe that team has 107 victories and counting as we speak. It's not impossible. We did it in 2015. And I'm quite sure we'll be able to do it again. But there's a big difference this year. I mean, the same thing that happened last year, but right now. The difference is we're coming off, we're going to be coming off a wild card series that hopefully will not go three games, but at least go two games, have our rotation all out of whack. And then we will go into a best three out of five against L.A., even though we did it seven years ago. And I believe lightning can strike again, but who knows? And if we beat the Dodgers, then we will have a, we will set ourselves up for a chance at revenge i'm just i'm ve i'm just very upset i'm very disappointed but it's a different disappointment it's not like 2007 when we had a seven and a half game lead with 10 with 17 games to play and we effectively coughed it up it's not even 2008 when we had about a five game lead with the last and the last two to three weeks remaining and we effectively coughed it up. No. I will admit that the Mets had ample opportunity to put this division away. The first thing that comes to my mind is that three game sweep a couple weeks ago against the Cubs at home. That could have gave us a little bit of breathing room. There was a one night against the Pittsburgh Pirates at home that we lost. And there was definitely one game last weekend against the Oakland A's that we lost that we should have won. But put, we're going to put it in perspective like this. This is the only way I'm going to be able to digest it and continue rooting for my Metropolitans in this postseason. Number one, the difference between now and 2007 to 2008 is we have a wild card. We're in the wild card. We are, we already was guaranteed to be in the postseason. Just would have been an easier path. Number two, and I really did lose my thought, my train of thought. The difference is, it's not like we went in the tank. We, since, I think they, I think the stat was since June 1st, since we had that 13 and a half game or 10 and a half, matter of fact, I think it was 10 and a half game lead. Since June 1st, the Mets have played 19 games over 
500. They were 63 and 44. If you extrapolate that out for 162 games, that's a 93 win total. That's a 93 win pace. Atlanta, since June 1st, we're playing at a rate. If you extrapolate it over 162 games, they were playing at a 118 win pace. That's otherworldly. So, yes, there were opportunities for us to hold on in various times this month. This month was supposed to be the easy month. But it didn't happen. It didn't happen. We lost at the worst times. Anytime the Braves lost, that was the time that we lost. And anytime we lost, the Braves were just like on a six, seven game winning streak. It happens. Now, I'm not going to specify who I'm talking about, but that cocksucker would definitely know who I'm talking about. Because unlike, matter of fact, really like this individual, matter of fact, unlike this individual, I actually use the fucking platform that I have to direct my venom at Whoever the fuck I feel like directing my venom at. This particular individual likes to have many episodes in the fucking inbox, in the DMs. Hide your daughters, hide your wives, because he is definitely lurking in the fucking DMs. He'll put fucking memes up. He'll put fucking recordings up. He'll actually... Titled on court recordings like their fucking episodes. He's giving fucking shout outs to people who have no idea that these episodes are happening. That only episodes are happening in his fucking mind. See, for once, Donnie Ooh has actually chosen to show some type of decorum. Because, Lou, do y'all know, and I'm going to let the cat out the bag right now. I'm recording this a day after I recorded the intro. Because I had full intention on going home, setting up the laptop, finishing this episode, and really just speaking my mind. But I'm like, look, I consider myself to be an adult. I consider myself to be a grown ass man. And, and there are times that you have to take a step back and don't speak with nothing but emotion. And if I would have recorded last night and pressed the upload and sent it out to the atmosphere, I probably would have been like, eh, that was a little bit too harsh. So I decided to wait. As I've said before, I give all the credit to the Atlanta Braves. I have no idea why fucking Yankee fans are in my fucking inbox enjoying my 
fucking misery when it comes to my team. Y'all didn't inflict that. The Braves did. So, shout out to my brother-in-law, Low Fat Beats, number one Braves fan. And that's why I gave y'all the kudos. I don't give the Yankees shit. I got this guy coming talking about, yeah, I don't want to wait. I want to get on the podcast now. Well, guess what? You don't run things over here, motherfucker. I already have things planned. And I will not de deviate from my plan just so you can, to give yourself a fucking platform so you can spew and espouse all the positives of Yankee fandom. Fuck the Yankees. Y'all still haven't accomplished shit. Y'all haven't accomplished not a damn thing. Y'all won your fuck your second fucking divisional crown in the last 13 years. Whoop de damn do. Aaron Judge hit number 62 last night. Whoop de damn do. It's only fuck it's only just a fucking number. 62 is nothing but a number. You got Roger Maris Jr. or any platform that'll display his fucking ignorance talking about, oh, I I believe MLB should come up with a clean record and they should have a record for PEDs. Well, guess what? It's not. Don't get mad because your, your father had an asterisk. Like I said in the past, and I'll say it again. Are we going to have a fucking record? For Babe Ruth, who was, what, 154 games? Then we're going to have a record for Roger Maris, who was 162 games. And then we're going to have a record for Aaron Judge, who hit 62, quote-unquote clean. And then we're going to have another. No, Barry Bonds is the fucking home run king record. I mean, record king. Period. Whether you like it or not. It was legal then. So, therefore, under the guidelines of Major League Baseball, guess what? Barry Bonds is the fucking home run king. Period. End of discussion. But even with that being said, so fucking what? He hit 62. Any of those 62 home runs, any of those runs batted in going to count in the postseason? No, they're not. You want to prove something to me? How about... He hit the fucking home run record for the postseason. How about that? How about they actually get to the fucking World Series for the first time since 2009? Who, by the way, were led by A-Rod, who is an admitted P-E-D-G. So I guess we should put an asterisk on 2009, right? Oh, yeah. I'm going to go on a fucking tangent because, shit, since you got me on a run, I'm going to go on a fucking run. Roger Clemens, if memory serves me correct, he was suspected of PED use. Yeah, he's never been found guilty, but he was suspected, right? The same cloud that, that hovers over Barry Bonds hovered over Roger Clemens. Roger Clemens got y'all two rings in the, in the late 90s, early 2000s. You going to get those shits back? 
Is that asterisk on those titles? 2003, Jason Giambi was putting so many needles in his ass that a fucking parasite grew and was eating him from the inside out. Coincidentally, you gave him $120 million, which at the time was a lot of fucking money for four years. So much so that in the middle of the World Series, he was unplayable because the parasite was eating away at his fucking body based on PED use. And like I said, A-Rod, known, convicted, PED cheat, led y'all to the 2009 championship. So, before you start throwing stones in a fucking glass house, maybe you should take, maybe you should look inside your fucking history. Yankee fan, who will not be named. Maybe you should look into your history. Oh, maybe you should hope and pray that fucking Garrett Cole doesn't implode in the postseason like he did last year in the one winner-take-all wildcard game against the Boston Red Sox. Or is it the fact that he found the way that he can put some sticky substance on his hand to increase his spin rate so that will not happen again? Oh, for, you know, y'all did give a fucking cheater or someone who is a part of cheaters $300 million, right? To get how many postseason victories so far? Zero. None. Nada. Not a damn thing. Nathan! I swear, I was not going so far, but fuck it. Like I said, the gloves are off, motherfucker. So, no, you cannot come on my podcast this weekend because I already have plans. But the office still open later on this month. I swear, part of me wants to have you on the podcast this week so you can bask in your glory so I can have it so I can have video evidence at the end of the month when the Yankees let y'all down usual but no not doing it not giving you the fucking pleasure it's like i said if you want to come on you can come on later on not this weekend and it has nothing to do about me ducking smoke because if i was fucking ducking smoke i wouldn't have mentioned your ass i wouldn't even be talking about baseball on my flagship when my flagship is all about the national football league i duck no smoke from nobody I told you, I invite the smoke. I inhale the smoke. I crave the fucking smoke. I also go low. But I have love for y'all. I have love for you. So I refrain from doing so. Because I just will. Then I want to talk about, spend 25 minutes on the fucking baseball. But... It needs to be. It needs to be said. <laughs> Fucking Yankee fans, man! I can't wait. I swear, I, I never wanted to be one of those Mets fans that would take joy out of the misery of Yankees. 
of whatever the fucking Yankees don't accomplish. But due to this particular individual, I will be salivating at the day that they get eliminated in embarrassing fashion. All this fucking hype. All this talk about 62, 61, 60. I was, I, I'm not going to lie. I was hoping he didn't fucking get it. But now that he got it, so what? Whoopee. Because guess what? That motherfucker will not be in pinstripes next year. I don't give a fuck if he comes to Queens. I don't give a fuck if he goes to Dubai. But he will not be in pinstripes this year. You know why? Because he's going to teach y'all a lesson for taking him for granted. He carried y'all. He carried y'all all fucking year. And y'all are trying to do him dirty in arbitration. So even if y'all do offer $250 million, I hope he takes that contract, wipes his ass, makes sure that he that he done had a whole bunch of hot chocolate, chocolate milk. Matter of fact, just drink a lot of apple juice and some X-Lax. Takes that contract, wipes his ass, and puts it right back on Cashman's desk, dripping with diarrhea. Because y'all don't deserve Aaron Judge. Not with cocksucking fans like the one that I'm talking to right now. Because y'all just don't. Y'all don't deserve nothing good. Y'all deserve to be in fucking misery. And the best part about the Yankees is the fact that they lead their, their, their fan base is so fucking entitled. Their fan base is so fucking entitled. Y'all think y'all deserve shit. Y'all deserve not a damn thing. But y'all so fucking entitled and y'all like to look down at your nose at the rest of the fucking Major League Baseball that that's why everybody takes so much glee when y'all do not win. Because y'all don't deserve good things. Because y'all don't appreciate the good things. Like, y'all didn't appreciate how Donnie Ooh which is was repping for his team. Yeah, I throw shade. I don't give a fuck. I, I, look, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm big enough to throw it. I'm big enough to take it. I have no problem with that. No problem with that. Take it all. Pause. But it will be a joyous day in the mind of Donnie O when the Yankees fail. Well, people, that brings us to the end of a very interesting edition of the Salty Thought to Donnie U podcast. I swear, from the since the time that I first pressed the record button until now, my mood has fluctuated 17 different times. I had to get some shit off my chest. I had to prove to people that I do not duck smoke. And in the process, I actually worked my way into a decent ass mood. So hooray for me. Next week, hopefully will not be as angst ridden, but knowing my luck, it probably will. Next week will be more of the same. I will be talking about the NFL 
and depending if my metropolitan season has gotten any worse i might decide to sprinkle a couple thoughts on the mothership and if not you can check out the youtube page of mike steph for quick reaction from this coming weekend's wild card action yeah so that's what's on deck next week but what i need to let y'all know now is what's going on this week a lot of things are in motion and a lot of things just haven't been put into place yet this upcoming weekend is my precious daughter's k's birthday sweet 16 nevertheless and depending on whether or not she remembers she came up with an idea that I agreed with. This weekend is WWE's next premium live event entitled Extreme Rules. She wants to recap it. And guess where she wants to recap it? On. That's right. Her father's salty thoughts of Donnie O. Please press the notification button. Please Press the follow button if that's a, such a thing. So if I decide to drop an Extreme Rules recap with the birthday girl herself, my lovely daughter Kay, you will be the first one to hear it. Like I said, still up in the air, but I'm pretty much leaning toward there's probably going to be a bonus episode this weekend especially for the fact that my daughter actually came up with the idea herself and you know how princesses do princess whatever the princess wants is whatever the princess will receive before i go i gotta get i gotta get some shit out the way i gotta let y'all know a couple more tidbits today because it was supposed to be tomorrow, but I've kind of ran long recording this. Today, Thursday, is the inaugural edition of Hidden Gems Football. That's right. Hidden Gems Football. It will be a YouTube-only property for the time being. And it might just stay that way. We have no idea. But you can definitely check us out on YouTube. And when I say us, I'm talking about me, Donnie, effing, ooh, and my bro, the hidden gem czar himself, the Mojo King. We come together, we give a quick half hour of football talk, of football picks, and a couple suggestions on what you might want to on the way you might want to lean if you're into survival pools. But it's a quick 30 minutes. Please check us out on the 19 Media Group YouTube page under Hidden Gems Football and you will see the handsome mug of Donnie O and the Mojo King. There's no shade. There's no slight. It's just I'm not going to call another man handsome. I will leave that to him but please all joking aside please check out 
Hidden Gems Football on the 19 Media Group page on YouTube. Please like, please subscribe, and even more importantly than liking and subscribing, which that is important in itself, please feel free to drop a line, leave a comment, let us know how you enjoyed it. If you have any suggestions, feel free. Doesn't necessarily mean we're gonna follow them, but just the interaction between the host of Hidden Gems Football and this listenership would be much appreciated. Besides that, you can check out easytree.com slash world of Donnie Ooh. That's right, easytree.com slash world of Donnie Ooh for everything. And when I say everything, I mean everything. Donnie Ooh. Salty Thought to Donnie Ooh merch can be bought at easytree.me slash world of Donnie Ooh. If you want to hear Donnie Ooh spit that hot fire, that can be heard easytree.me slash world of Donnie Ooh. And speaking of spitting that hot fire, be on the lookout. Jay Furman, Donnie Ooh, the eldest EP, coming soon, coming this fall, coming sooner than any of y'all realize. And when I drop that, I do expect y'all to support. But regardless, if you're, if you have an ear for 90s hip-hop and i don't want to categorize it as that but it is what it is because i'm a fucking elder and that's what the hell the ep is going to be on if you love the old mob deep sound the old beat minus sound the old black moon smith and wesson boot can't click out this motherfucker check out the elders ep by jay Furman and donnie Ooh coming this fall and i think that's about it because i'm really was trying not to make this more than 90 minutes and i think i'm right about i'm right around that 90 minute part yeah i'm right around that 90 minute mark so if you're interested in any of the plugs that i normally do you can check out last week's episode because they're all the same you know the guys from gi gimmick infringement my bro and his other two hip hop uh hidden gems properties hip hop hidden gems and hidden gems golf and as always last but certainly not least my bro baltimore's number one reviewer body more bottles on youtube like and subscribe yeah that's the short version of the plugs and if you want the more drawn out like i said listen to the old episodes matter of fact just go in the archives get my fucking list Get my listens up. Get my plays up. Get my downloads up. Help a motherfucker out. Before I am, before I get out of here, I would be remiss if I do not shout out a couple people. I would like to shout out my sister, Sister Ooh, who was a great big sister last couple days in my time of and fucking time of need. Um, just having a comfy shoulder and a listening ear to hear her younger brother just vent and rant and curse and scream 
Um, I love you, Sister Ooh. I really do. Um, I also would like to give a shout out to my brother Koob. If you're not listening, which I'm quite sure, hopefully you are, because if not, me, you got beef, buddy. But nah. Um, my brother Koob, um, hopefully we'll see each other soon. But until then, always know Donnie Ooh has nothing but love. Matter of fact, fuck that. Donnie Ooh loves you, brother. And uh, one other shout out, and that would be my brother Bake. My brother Bake. If you're listening, I just want to give you a shout out and let you know I love you too. So, I think that's about it. So, until next week, goodbye. Bye. Mr. Bozak. No, I can't believe that. Cool, Jack. Screw that. All you had to do was wear a gym hat. I reached for one, but didn't quite make it. She grabbed on your headpiece. I couldn't quite take it. Now lounge, Mr. Bozak. Stop crying like a wuss. The phone up the nuts, G, cause yo, there's more puss. Look, V, the B-O-Z is like Audi. Audi like who? Motherfucking Kurt Gowdy. Shot real quick. Shot real quick. I think I'll be coping steady. Wipe the head off. We're about to go stand the whole game, right?